0: Hello and welcome to Bottom Up Skills. I'm Mike Parsons. I'm the CEO of Qualitance. And this is a great opportunity to talk about neobanks, fintech, startups, but most importantly, to also bring traditional banks into the conversation. Uh, And today, what we're going to dig into is part of my future banking Uh, keynote is we're going to dig into this question, what can fintechs and traditional banks learn from each other? I've got eight big ideas, four from Revolut, four from traditional banks. Let's see what we can learn from them and let's see how we can go out there and build better products, better services, better businesses. I hope you enjoy it. All right, let's get into it. What can fintechs and traditional banks learn from each other? Now, this is a really timely discussion. We hear so much about fintech. We have venture capitalist writing uh, notes that software is going to consume, going to eat the world. And frankly, we hear so much about fintechs, neobanks, challenger banks. There's literally hundreds of new businesses, entrepreneurs, building and creating new offerings, new services and new products in the financial services space, it is booming. And this is really because it's such a good fit. I mean, you think about it, um, you know, money very much today is zeros and ones. And so software is just a perfect match. Throw in some machine learning and artificial intelligence and you get some really crazy exponential effects when you put technology and finance together. But what's really interesting is, um, we've sort of left out the traditional bank in this conversation. And um, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at both sides of this equation. And the reason for that is, look, let's not forget if you take, this is uh, the world's oldest bank in Italy. I mean, these guys have 543 years more experience in banking than Revolut. So there's got to be something for us to learn from traditional banks. And look, we want to build the best products and services, period. So let's not only learn from the fintechs of this world, but let's also learn from the traditional banks. And let's really take you know, the best thinking, the best practices, and put them into our own products and services. My point here is there is a lot to learn. So what I'm hoping to do today is to share with you four big learnings from traditional banks, and four learnings from Revolut, who are a great proxy of the larger neobank and fintech world. So we're going to extract four from each. So hopefully, in each of those eight ideas, there's something for you that will help you build a better business, a better product, and to delight your customers. All right, let's get into it. Let's go into the world of Revolut. Let's see um, what they have to offer. Now. Today, I'm only gonna share with you four ideas um, from Revolut. In fact, I have well over a dozen ideas uh, from Revolut in the case study that you can download at bottomup.io and check that out because we don't have enough time now to go to all of them, but I've picked four of the best. So if you'd like to know more, head over to bottomup.io. All right, number one. This is a really powerful lesson from Revolut that we can all learn, not only in banking, moreover, but I think as uh, an entry into any industry in into any vertical. And they see their offering, they position themselves when they think about tech and product, is they think about it very much in terms of banking as a platform. And this is really important because this determines how they build uh, different features, different elements, different modules in their stack and the choices about how they do that. But it also has uh, a really profound um, effect on how they look at their business overall. So I wanted to give you an example. You know, Many uh, traditional banks will go out and license or purchase a card fraud detection system and plug it into their platform. In fact, they'll plug it into... Many other legacy systems, in fact, somewhat of a patchwork of systems, you might say, but not at Revolut Because they see what they're doing as building uh, banking as a platform, what they do is they very often they build the different components of that platform. And here you can see uh, an example of where they built Sherlock their own fraud detection system. And what you can see here is you can not only see all the whole architecture, a lot of it's built on uh, the Google Cloud platform, but what you'll also see is they saved a ton of money and actually they're getting some very good results. So 30% of Sherlock's fraud predictions actually turned out to be correct. So this is what happens when you think about building not just a product, but actually an entire platform, is that you actually go out and you'll build uh, really high performance elements that actually sit within that ecosystem. But there's more. So what we've been very fortunate to do is we've found a great quote from Nikolai Storinovsky, the founder and CEO of Revolut. And I think this is really instructional on how banking as a platform can actually affect creating an amazing business. Let me read to you this quote from the CEO of Revolut. The reality is what we're trying to achieve is to build a 10x better financial services company that is 10x cheaper as well. And the only way to do it is not by building one product, but building a platform with lots of products on top of it. So there you go. So he says, look, if they want to create customer experience, that's 10x. If they want to offer a a service in the world that's actually 10 times cheaper, the only way they can go about doing that is by banking as a platform and not just as a singular product. So there you have it. That's lesson number one from Revolut. Let's go to lesson number two. And this gets very much uh, into culture and people and how they work together, some of the behaviours they have in their organisation. And um, in our case study, we found like Revolut has a pretty hard and fast, high performance culture, and it's built around several tenants, one of which is getting it done. And I wanted to share with you a quote from their head of executive recruitment, because it really paints a picture of what that looks like internally. And I think we can learn a lot from it. And this is from Rebecca South at Revolut. Here we go. The individuals that really set themselves apart and really thrive at Revolut are the ones that take the initiative to put themselves out of that comfort zone and take ownership of that tech and to learn something. So, they've created a high performance culture about taking ownership, about learning, about putting themselves outside of the comfort zone. And I think, look, any traditional bank can learn from this, but more importantly, I think as entrepreneurs overall, I think this high performance culture really requires this idea of taking ownership. And this comes from uh, somebody who has really celebrated this idea is Yako willing Willink. Uh, Former U.S. Navy SEAL, um, an amazing and inspirational guy, he wrote the book Extreme Ownership. So if you do uh, find this a really compelling idea of taking extreme ownership, getting it done, as they would say at Revolut, check out this book from Jakob Willink. Okay, so that's the first two. The next two we've got coming up right now. And the first one is growth teams. So again, we're also tackling not only the tech and the products and and their whole stack, but we're also looking at how they organize Petra. It's a huge part of getting high performance out of any business. And growth teams is absolutely at the essence of how Revolut launches into new markets. So let's break it down. So I was very fortunate to find some of their key execs talking about how they build their uh, growth teams. And I think this is huge. I mean, you may have heard of Skunkworks, you may have heard of Agile teams. This is how Revolut does it, particularly when they're going uh, into a new market. They have the country manager there at the top, who's all about delivering the growth. And then there are four key roles in a growth team. The marketer, the business developer, the comms manager, and lastly, the community manager. The marketer is all about the brand and the story. Business developer is about choosing the right product for growth. Comms manager, it's all about the message. Can we get the right message to the right people? And when it gets to those people, the community manager is going to activate them. So if you're launching a new product, my challenge to you is have you got your growth team? Because we can certainly learn that with 10 million plus customers in just five years Revolut's got uh, some runs on the board when we talk about growth teams and the way these growth teams work is they set like a strategic goal that might be to acquire some new customers, it might be to activate new accounts, it might be to get their customers to transfer their first uh, amount of money to another user. They'll set these goals, they'll have like an idea about how it works and they go through this process, they prioritize the most meaningful experiments, they test they look at the results, they process it, and then that informs the new set of goals. That's how these agile teams work. Um, con- continuity is key. It's not stop-start. It's not top-down. In fact, often these growth teams are very autonomous too. So it's another great learning. That's the third learning from Revolut. All right. Now, this one's a killer This one comes off the back of our first one. Uh, This fourth idea of what we can learn from Revolut is that no middleman gets in the equation for them. And let's talk about what we mean here. And to do that, I need to set some context. Um, When we talk about growth, um, one of the key challenges, in fact, in a recent study done, when banks were asked what is their key challenge to growth, they didn't say customers, They didn't say marketing, they didn't say sales. They said their number one, number one challenge was their legacy systems. So these legacy systems are really creating a challenge. And as a result of that, um, when you've got all of this middleware from third parties in a sort of patchwork, it creates enormous challenges for banks. But have a listen to how Revolut have thought about this I think this is really powerful about removing the middleman and taking total ownership, not only for your product, but for actually your platform. Now this is Storanofsky again, and I think there's a lot to learn here. Here's what he had to say about removing the middleman and taking ownership of the platform. Effectively, when you run all the infrastructure in-house, you can actually make money out of this business and the business becomes quite profitable. So you can see here that what he's saying is you've got to take control of that platform. You can't be held uh, into a patchwork of complex integrations, workarounds, because it becomes paralyzing. It stops you from growing. Okay, we're halfway through. There it is, four big lessons from Revolut. Now what I'm gonna hit you with is four lessons from traditional banks. And what I've done here is I haven't picked one uh, traditional bank. What I've done is I've grabbed a snapshot of data from the US and the UK uh, that really illustrates some of these really interesting lessons from banks and what's going to be really good uh, for your brain, for your learnings. These are quite different from what we can learn from Revolut. So let's get into them, the four big uh, lessons from traditional banks. Number one. Building trust from advice. You know, this was really interesting. When we dig into the data and we used a a YouGov study that was done earlier this year, it's quite recent. There was a really interesting thought that uh, was really the top line of this study is that most Brits, so folks that live in the United Kingdom, they actually don't trust Challenger banks and they have quite a lot of trust for traditional banks. In fact, 68% 68% said they trust their current bank. And um, only 17% uh, said the same thing for Challenger banks. So, what you can see here is that traditional banks have done a really good job on building trust in the financial services industry. That being said, there's still work to do because, as an industry compared to others, it's still got uh, a ways to go on trust. But, Challenger banks, Neo banks, uh, fintechs, they can learn a lot from traditional banks on how to build trust. Now, what was interesting is a study that was also done by YouGoth pinpointed the areas where the trust breaks down, particularly uh, with banks or with mobile banks. And the number one is security, very closely followed by privacy. So obviously users trust traditional banks with security and privacy and This is a huge learning for any fintech, any neobank, anyone working at Revolut, is you've got to build trust. And that's built around security and privacy. Huge insight. And there's a lot of learnings from traditional banks there. All right. Number two from traditional banks, investing in branding. These companies, these traditional banks have built enormous brands. They're not only big in banking. They're not only big in financial services and the economy overall, I would say these have become social institutions where every town has got a bank, where every region has a provincial community and local bank. I think there's a, a lot to learn here now. Where this gets really fascinating, I want to take you back to that same study that YouGov did. Consumer awareness for fintechs and challenger banks is extremely low. So in the marketing world, when we ask people, can you name a challenger bank? This is what we call spontaneous awareness, unaided awareness. You don't give them any hints. And wait for this. Very recently, only 9% of Brits could name any challenger bank at all. 9%. So this was really fascinating because it shows you there's a ton of work to be done, but it also shows you that building a brand is crucial if you wanna get into the mainstream, if you wanna get scale. And here's how they do it. This is some data from last year from eMarketer showing you where ad dollars, where um, investment in advertising and branding happens. And as an industry, What you can see here is financial services is in the top three in the US. And this is at the core engine of what we call awareness. This is at the core of creating spontaneous recall. This is all about engaging customers, being top of mind so that they can build an affinity, perhaps even a trust with the bank. So this is a really interesting uh, lesson and it will be a great challenge for all those FinTechs and challenger banks because this is going to mean spending a lot of dollars and really activating national, global even, uh, branding campaigns. All right, we're almost there. Just a couple more thoughts to share with you. A huge lesson, perhaps the most profound lesson that we can all take from traditional banks is that they have been building businesses to an enormous extent. I mean, if you think about small business, as a sub-segment of the the larger business ecosystem, small businesses rely upon their banks to an enormous extent. I mean, just imagine if banks did not extend lines of credit to small businesses all around the world. I mean, business would come to a stop. So banking plays a huge role in funding the short-term cash needs of businesses. I've got this great study from the U.S. It's from the Small Business Administration. And they found that in 2017, banks loaned uh, small to medium businesses $600 million in the U.S. alone. And what was really fascinating is that over half of that investment was used for growth, for expanding the business. It's not just consolidating different uh Uh, credit lines, this is to grow business. So traditional banks have been a core at driving small business. And we all know that small business is the key to driving employment in any modern market. And here you can see um, from where all that money come, alternative lenders making up a micro proportion of uh, the lending that's been happening. And the average loan was actually in 2017 for small businesses was $633,000. This is a huge amount of money that is mobilizing the economy in the US, and in particular, small businesses. Last thought uh, for what we can learn from traditional banks is they do an amazing job of servicing, building relationships, owning, you might say, the majority of consumers. Now, let's talk about what we mean by that. If you get, we live in a bit of a bubble, we're all building pr- new products. We're probably super interested in tech, a little bit geeky. We all know about the Revoluts, the Monzos, the N26s of the world. Well, here's the reality is um, most people not only don't know about these other banks, these new challenger banks, traditional consumers, just think perhaps your mum and your dad, your grandparents, they have no idea they exist. But more importantly, they're actually in this YouGov survey from earlier this year, they're actually pretty happy with their existing banks. And so what's really interesting is you see this in the MPS. In that study, so we're talking 2020 in the UK, 51% said they'd recommend their bank. 48% say my bank provides good, good service. So if you look at what banks have been able to do, despite all the change thus far, they've still been able to go out into the larger segments of our communities to service them to satisfy their needs and as you can see here 13% say that they wouldn't recommend their bank so we're really really looking at a situation where they've been able to service and own the majority all right so there you have it four thoughts from Revolut four thoughts from traditional banks I hope at least one or two of those have really inspired you and given you something that you can use in your product in your business. But I have one more thought, and I want to kind of wrap up this investigation and frame this in a a larger context. The truth is that when Edelman did a big study at the end of last year about what drives the long term choice of financial services by consumers, This is an amazing stat, 53%. The biggest response was customer experience that integrates into all aspects of my life. This is the holy grail. This is the North Star. This is what fintechs, neobanks and traditional banks need to deliver on. And yes, some features will cause switching maybe on a transaction account. But when we talk about the long-term needs when we talk about loan services, credit services, and all the associated related financial services such as investment management and so forth. What everyone is looking for is someone that manages the entire finances of my life. This is the race that is on. And thanks to quarantine, we don't have as much time as we may have thought. In fact, check this out, recently Uh, Toby Lute, the the CEO of uh, of Shopify, great product, doing really well, he came out and said that the transaction activity he's seeing on his platform is what they were predicting for 2030. Said differently, 2030 is already here. Your digital transformation has just been put into hyperspeed. And to put a finer point on this, just yesterday, Zoom Video came out with their earnings report. Here we are, beginning of June, they come out with their earnings report and wait for this, they have doubled their forecast for revenue for this coming financial year. That is doubled. They had already been growing massively over the last few years. So 2030 is already here. So the question then to leave you with is, who's gonna provide a bank for all parts of life? And are you the winner in this race? Are you gonna build the products and the services to delight customers in all aspects of their lives? The reason why this is really important is you don't have 10 years anymore. What I truly believe, if you look at everything that is happening, this massive acceleration that was, had already started, has now gone into hyperspeed. You've only got 24 months until what we call the great banking consolidation. We have so many fintechs, so many neobanks, so many challenger banks, so many traditional banks. This market has to consolidate and the winners will be those that can service all parts of your personal and financial lives. I hope you are the winner. Thank you. So there you have it—a uh, ton of ideas and inspiration from traditional banks, from Revolut. I hope you really got something out of it. If you'd like to go deeper and know more about this, head over to bottomup.io, where you're going to find all sorts of goodies uh, to help you build better products, better services. You can get, you can download the deck, you can look at past masterclasses, you can get our podcast. Oh my gosh, everything is there, bottomup.io. Thank you for spending your time with us today. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on bottom-up skills.